You've tuned in to Soundcast Stereo. I'm Christopher Coleman, your host, and I'm on Channel One. And I think it's a tragedy that Joe Hisaishi has not done more Hollywood film scores. And I'm Eric Woods, and I'm on Channel Two. And I have never heard a Mark McKenzie score that I didn't like. Soundcast Stereo episodes are two channel 30-minute conversations focused on a single topic from the world of film, television, or video game soundtracks. Today is Wednesday, July 27, 2016, again, and this is episode 8, where Eric and I discuss the question, did the original score to Netflix's series Stranger Things work? Eric Woods? How are you? I'm good. I'm wonderful. We'll we'll see how I am after the end of this episode. Yeah, let's see. (laughs) Let's see how you are. <laughs> well, a couple of weeks ago, um, not even, I guess, uh, Stranger Things debuted on Netflix, which was at a beautiful time right after Game of Thrones ended and many people were walking around like zombies, not knowing what to do with themselves, myself included. And then I started to see on Twitter all these people talking about Stranger Things, Stranger Things. Oh, it's awesome. I was like, what is that? I didn't even, had no idea what it was. Um, I saw so many positive things about it. I was like, oh, it's on Netflix? Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm at least going to give the first episode a shot. So for those of you who don't know, let me read you the synopsis um, that I found when I Googled it. I don't know the source. It was just, I Google Stranger Things, and it put this in the right column, so I don't think it's from IMDb. I don't know where it's from, but I'm going to read it to you anyway. This thrilling Netflix original drama stars award-winning actress, Winona Ryder, as Joyce Byers, who lives in a small Indiana town in 1983, inspired by a time when the tales of science fiction captivated audiences. When Joyce's 12-year-old son, Will, goes missing, she launches a terrifying investigation into his disappearance with local authorities. As they search for answers, they unravel a series of extraordinary mysteries involving secret government experiments, unnerving supernatural forces, and a very unusual little girl. And this show, as I mentioned, debuted on July 15th, 2016. The creators are the Duffer brothers, Matt Duffer and Ross Duffer. And this show was a, uh, is a huge hit, it seems to be. Um, it looks like there'll be a season two. But the score has been a topic of discussion. Uh, The score has been provided by two members of an Austin-based electronic group called Survive, the two composers being Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein, Uh, a super, super electronic score. Um, It is purely electronic, uh, kind of a throwback in some ways to that era. But Eric, did the score for Stranger Things work? Uh, let me check my notes. Um, <laughs> I seem to have one two-letter word written down with a big exclamation mark beside it. The answer is no. No. It didn't work at all didn't work for, you. for me. Did it ruin the series for you? didn't ruin the series for me, no. I found it to be a missed opportunity for something mm. truly great. The show as a whole, then, with the music, is about 99% perfect. Mm, okay. I just um, felt that. I mean, the uh, yeah, the, the the score didn't ruin it for me. It was, but there's so much wrong with it. But it could have ruined it for me. It could have. I just felt that it the the show deserved so much better. Hmm. Hmm. So you say it's ninety nine percent good. So the score only brought it down one percent. 
I loved it. I loved this show. I loved everything about the show. Uh, I think you and I grew up in the same era. We both yeah. loved these. I mean, I guess I'm talking for you, but I'm not sure whether. But I mean, I'm a fan of Flight of the Navigator, of yes. uh, Goonies, of Explorers, mm-hmm. of E.T. Any of those yep. things that I coin as the hero kids movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like anything from elementary school children to kind of teenagers doing these amazing things. Um, you know, mm-hmm. ordinary children get into extra ordinary situations. Mm-hmm. Very Alfred Hitchcock. But um, I always love that because I grew up with those kids and I, I, I had these adventures with my friends as well. Like we would always love to just get into any type of, you know, like go search for pirate treasure or be at a video game. And that's a, you know, a test to go, you know pilot a spaceship and save the world. Um, Mm -hmm. Just my imagination just was unlocked with these, with these films. And Mm -hmm. what stranger things did was bring me back to my childhood and they did it so well. And even though there really isn't an original anything in the story, almost everything is borrowed from those hero kid movies or some of the best horror films uh, produced in the the late seventies and early eighties. It's just a, mm-hmm. a smorgasbord of just all that awesomeness. and But they managed to make a compelling, interesting story with some fantastic actors, great directing, great shooting. The, mm-hmm. the, the nostalgia was just oozing out of this show, and it just didn't seem cheap. It didn't seem fake. Everything seemed earned, and they just did it right. It was like the ultimate hero kids 80s fan film. Eight hours of just wonderfulness things that mm-hmm. would terrify you but you would also be jumping out of your seat cheering there are some great moments in this series where i could telegraph what was happening i knew exactly what was going to happen but i'm so glad it did because it just hit all the right beats it hit all the right mm-hmm. notes but it just did it so so well it wasn't cheesy and so i just loved almost every aspect of this show and then there was the score then there was the score and I would And why did that not work for you? It just it didn't say anything to me. It didn't it didn't speak for the film. Uh sorry, I'm going to call it a film, but it's a the, the the television show. Right. Um I don't remember anything of it. There was no melodic hook. Um sometimes the music was incredibly inappropriate and distracting. Um I found the composition to be amateurish is a little too mean, but just very amateur. There was some just really dull, ordinary kind of loop-based music that anybody could put together. I'm listening mm-hmm. to it going, well, that's that's the best you got? They were just a couple of loops and some ordinary generic uh, chord progressions. And I'm like, do you realize what scene you're scoring this for? Especially mm-hmm. the the Mike and L. Um, I'm going to call her L. Is it Ellie or L? I think it was, was just there, L. Well, yeah. So Mike and L, when when they're having that kind of ET um, scene in his room where he's showing all the toys and she's kind of exploring right. his room, that's ripped right yep. out of ET. And I just I'm like, where's oh, the where's the warmth? Where's where's this kind of? They needed a relationship theme. They needed something that just kind of brought them together musically. And the reason I say that is because music played such an important role in these heroes. Uh, 80s hero kids movies and if you think about the explorers you think about jerry goldsmith's score you think about the goonies you think about the fratelli chase uh when you think about et you think about john williams's academy award-winning score and how big of a 
part and a role that that played in the movie, especially the last 15 sure. minutes. Sure. Music was a part of these a part of these movies. And so when you bring something like that and you're you're kind of doing a, a fan service type of show like Stranger Things to not have music that speaks to the audience in a dramatic way, I think is a disservice to the television series. Now, having said that, I'm probably in the minority here because the soundtrack, um, the Stranger Things Twitter's uh, feed announced that there is mm-hmm. a soundtrack coming out and just the comments of people so excited about it. But I'm, it, and, I, and I'm ready reading the comments are like, yeah, this is great. This is great because of the retro feel. I mm-hmm. get the retro feel and I don't mind something that's synthetic. I just don't think that anybody remembers anything from it other than that it was retro and that's yes. it. I don't think mm-hmm. it functioned as film music or television music. It might function as great retro 80s music, fine. Mm-hmm. And if it makes for a good listening experience, I'm okay with that. I just don't think it functioned as a good film score. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you just you just took what I was about to say. Um, because I don't remember anything from watching it in terms of musically. I just remember what type of music it was. And you just nailed that perfectly. I, I think I would like that music as a standalone listen, as you just mentioned. But I found it terribly distracting within the show itself. Um, I can see how they could have made that, made this type of music work in that. I mean, yeah, movies, movies that were being scored in that setting during that time in 83, a lot of movies had that kind of, well, not a lot, but there were movie scores that were of that ilk. So I see what they're going for, but the music underscoring any particular scene, um, it didn't mesh together. I mean, it did at times make elevate the intensity or the apprehension you might feel to some degree, but I found myself paying attention to it as the scenes were progressing. I was just listening to the music like, wow, this is really throwback electronic music they're playing right now, you know, and, and not just being pulled into the scene as, as you would think their goal would be. And so I have to agree with, with everything you're saying. Um, but I think they could have done an electronic or synthesized score like this in this style, and and it had worked in the series better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's very, very possible. Um, whether these guys could have done it or someone else, I think you could have managed to pull that off. Um, and so I don't think they I don't think they pulled it off. But that said, I wouldn't be opposed to listening to it as a standalone list when the soundtrack comes out. I might I might pick it up. Um, I think it might work okay that way. It won't necessarily remind me of the, the the series. It'll just be like, oh, this is some cool electronic music. And I was just thinking about a film that came out. Was it last year? The year before? Was it called Earth to Echo? Or it was kind yeah. of in this going in the same direction. They had, I believe, it was Joe Trapanese who did that, and he had a very electronic score. I mean, I didn't think that movie was all that great. Um, I think his music worked a lot better. Now, I don't know the era. That was set contemporarily, wasn't it? It's not like a throwback to the 80s. No, but it was basically kind of your, your E.T. reboot. Yeah. So, but I, I think that music worked better. Yeah, and I think that than, if you had a, a proper 
film composer working on this show, I think you could get away with the synth retro sound, but still have it be emotive, at least it saying something, at least it being memorable. I will say, though, that I like the main title. I think the main title yes. is is really good and gets you into that mood. But yes. that's it. That's it. And what's interesting, though, and reading a few of these articles uh, on the music and it's it's amazing how this show's just exploded and everybody's loving it and 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 good on the composers for getting the press that they're getting absolutely but you know it, it just seems to me that uh Matt and Ross Duffer did everything right to get that 80s nostalgia feel but for some reason i get a feeling that they cheapened out on the music that they weren't going to have a composer compose eight hours of orchestral music and get 90 players and contractors and orchestrators involved. I think they went for the cheap route. They found a group that they enjoyed. And in one article, uh, the composers, and I can't remember their names, and I apologize for that, but they mentioned that they composed hours and hours and hours and hours of music. And that then reminds me of a comment that Matt and Ross Duffer made where they said they were fans of Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and their film music. Mm. And if you think Mm. about their approach to the way they score films is to Mm. write hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of music. Who Mm. knows whether it's 16, 20, 24, 48 hours of music. And then the director (laughs) goes in, David Fincher, and needle drops what he feels Mm -hmm. like. And that, for me is what I think was happening with this show. And if Hmm. that's not what happened, then I hope that somebody tells me so. But that's what it felt like. It felt like things were being needle dropped, that they didn't really know the tone or what they really wanted, or they couldn't um, uh, tell it, say it to a composer, or have a composer sit there and hit sync points and, and be there all the time. It's like, hey, write us two hours of scary music. Write us two hours of tender music, write us this, 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 and we'll just pick what we think is the best. The mm-hmm. other thing is that scenes were so short that you really didn't have a lot of time to develop music thematically and melodically, but you could still get the tone and feel of it. And um, I, there are a few scenes where it's it's genuinely creepy. Uh, I think the, the electronic synthesized uh, kind of horror music, especially for the Upside Down world, was, was not bad. Um, mm-hmm. But... It, I don't know if it was you. I, I don't know if you felt the same way, but you know the, the 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 chase on the bikes and the vans. Just were you not expecting to hear just a giant symphony orchestra just go absolutely bananas and follow these kids on this amazing adventure as they're being chased by the adults? And I, rem- I, honest, I remember the scene I just, for sure, I just and, I, that, and I remember I just transposing <laughs> ET over that. Yeah, and it's not like yeah. I wanted ET. I just I just wanted to feel that that excitement and. It, Something sure. that the, the, I mean, it's a great scene on its own, but even Spielberg said, you know, I had to edit the scene to the music, mainly because mm-hmm. the players couldn't uh, hit their sync points and John Williams really couldn't conduct it because there's so many cuts in that in that action scene right. in E.T., but still, it's just that's part of the scene. It gives yeah. E.T. and Elliot the lift that they need when they're flying off, and that's why I thought, man, if they fly off, that's the only time where I'm thinking they're gonna. it's going to be the most cheesy thing in the entire world. And then when <laughs> the van flips, I'm like, Wow, that's amazing. That is so great. They captured everything about that E.T. chase and then just, here you go. Here's a little something that you didn't expect. But I still wish I heard something that made me feel a bit more excited 
uh, gave me a bit of adventure instead of just watching this kind of action scene that just the music said nothing. And it's just, I didn't have that feeling. There wasn't that feeling of excitement of being a yeah. kid in that scenario where you, yeah. you know, you know, I, I but it's, but I, I, I think the problem is as we've pr- kind of run through many of our episodes already, the era we're in now, that's just not, it's just not acceptable. Uh, they just don't, they don't give us, they don't give audiences that kind of thrill anymore. No, but you have the a show thrills- that you have a show though that gives you that, right? You don't mm-hmm. make an eighties nostalgia hero kids movie and then just kind of wimp out on the music. I mean they did well, you do it's it was now. It, you you listen to the dialogue even. Listen to the dialogue and the certain actions and even like you know, when the cop is going around punching out government agents and infiltrating a government building as if it's you know, the easiest thing in the, in the world to do that stuff that happens in the eighties, you know, that's what Schwarzenegger would do. Um, you know, and even the things and the way that, um, you know, kids would, would call other kids names and, and the, the use of language, there was nothing politically correct about this, this television series. And they weren't afraid to go back and use the, the dialogue and the words that kids would use back then. Well, I found I found some of the dialogue very an- anachronistic in that, you know, they were saying seriously and really. And I'm like, no, back in the 80s, we didn't say that. At least it didn't so, say dude. So I'm OK with that. Yeah, but, <laughs> but the stuff that some of the things they said took me out. I'm like, wait a minute. No, they don't. We didn't talk that way uh, in the 80s. I, I don't think with music, though, I think they would have had people would have complained, just like the gentleman I mentioned a couple episodes ago. Another podcast complained about the music of Searching for Bobby Fischer. He said it was just too much, too emotional, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think you would have had, I think people would have disconnected, contemporary audiences, a good segment of them would have disconnected from this film, uh, for this show, had it had that kind of music. I mean, I think it could have had something, I think it needed something different than it did have, but that you know, as we were talking about on Twitter, the overall tone of this whole show, the overall tone, it was pretty dark, pretty disturbing. Um, where you, whereas ET is not, even though it had some dark and mm-hmm. disturbing moments, it's kind of the antithesis of that. Overall, it's pretty disturbing, um, and it had some moments of levity. How you would, how you could have scored that whole bike chase, van chasing? I don't know. It needed something different, but it couldn't go that far. Audiences would reject. Yeah, that. I don't think you'd go as kind of uh, light and overly adventurous the way Williams did with ET. But I still think you can have something that would have been more <laughs> than what we got. Um, you could, I, I would think that if there was any composer out there, you know, back in the eighties that would have done a bang up job with this show and, and really nailed the tone. I think it probably would have been uh, well, Jerry Goldsmith, but more in, in a serious mm-hmm. role. Or I think, I think Bruce Broughton really nailed it with his, with his 80 scores, um, mm-hmm. especially the monster squad. You listen to that and it's, there's nothing cutesy about that. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty dark, uh, horror it's been score. a long time since I've listened um, to There's that. some, you know, kind of mystical elements about the score, but it, it's it's pretty complex. And I think Broughton, man, imagine that being Broughton's swan song coming on to do Stranger uh, Stranger Things. That would have just been absolutely, absolutely incredible. He would have been... That would have been interesting. He probably would have been my first or, choice. Um, or Chris Young. I'm always, Chris Young I'm always promoting Chris, Chris Young. Young would have been he, interesting. 
Yeah. I mean, if he would have done what he did on, what was that film he did a couple years ago? That was probably the most bizarre score I have ever heard in my entire life. And I can't even listen to it. It freaks me was out. Sinister? Well, I think it was Sinister. The one where he came up then with a concept album after that? Like he didn't even release the score, but he kind of expanded on it? Oh, was that? Sinister was I mean, a, I mean, it was just the most bizarre. Yeah, yeah I think it's Sinister. It's weird. <laughs> that would have been, that would have just been, that been amazing. Wild. That would have been wild. But at least it would have had something to say. Yeah, and that's and that's I, what I can't I, disagree. That's what I kind of missed. I kind of missed about it. Again, I'm not, I'm not like orchestra, orchestra only. I would love a combination of that kind of retro electronics with, um, with with something. I wouldn't even mind an all or um, uh, synthesized score, but with you know, kind of a maybe the melodic hooks are played by a piano or uh, or an oboe or a trumpet or whatever you know like just kind of a, a uh just yeah i think you need something organic and warmer for you some of what? those scenes I, what would be perfect it just came to mind the 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 main titles of et yeah yeah that oh that whole water bowl right. that whole i mean that is so atypical john williams i don't know if he has ever done anything like that again no. even though it's a very short piece yeah. but he sets up this very menacing scary tone and and is able to move that score from that i mean even the second track after that yeah, where it's, it's all organ. pipe organ yeah. and you have i mean that was just it was a fantastic blend of this is kind of scary what's going on this is not what i anticipated with et and then he's able to weave in, you know, some notes of E.T.'s theme. And, you know, it's just fantastic. Yep. And it's that perfect. I mean, it was very eerie. And yet he was able to do he was able to move that score in other directions to go to what to think about the main titles and then think about the final the finale. Right. I mean, you couldn't have two more different um, tones and types of music. I mean, just what a masterful job. Uh, now, of course, this movie didn't end up nearly as um the show didn't end nearly on such a as a high note uh as et did but you it could be done yeah i mean there's some great emotional um, my favorite god there's so many great i mean if you haven't seen the show i'm sorry there's spoilers there's yeah, spoilers um, for the show. there's there's three wonderful moments that made me literally stand up out of my chair and it hasn't happened well game of thrones is another show that did that for me but Mm-hmm. This one, uh, the the one that really just it just sent shivers up and down my spine, and just like I, I just rem, rem, remember that I would do this for my friends as well, is when Mike uh, sacrifices himself for his friend and jumps off the cliff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, so damn it, eleven, you better catch him, <laughs> and that's <laughs> and it's like when I finally saw him floating in the air, I I just I'm like yes, yes, <laughs> and it just and I'm like okay. Let me feel this. Let me feel this. Yeah. And I'm like, there's nothing there. And then the next one was Eleven's, uh, it was a pretty gruesome moment, but when she's had enough and she murders like 15 soldiers oh, yeah. or the government <laughs> agents, but and, and that was captured in, um, I think it was a fan poster as well. Just her eyes are down. She's looking up through her yes. eyebrows and all I, and I'm just like, all right, great. She do, where's the music? Damn it. And I yeah. just wanted to. She has the Kubrick look. I wanted, that yeah, Kubrick, I just wanted Kubrick to feel stare. that. I really wanted to, to feel that. And I and I did, but I I just wanted more. You wanted more. And then yeah. of course, when she battles the monster at the end, again, it's just give me something more. Give me something that I remember 
experiencing with these types of movies all those years ago. And the score that I would think of that would really be a great marriage with this series would be James Newton Howard's Signs. And we kind of discussed this uh, a few hours ago on Twitter. And I'm thinking you're right about tone. And that it, it, it kind of they, they kind of mirror one another. It's it's very kind of dark and eerie and terrifying. And James Newton Howard follows that along throughout his score. But it's also very uh, minimalist. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a minimalist score, but just, you know, the three notes, the repeating three notes. But that says mm-hmm. something. Um, mm-hmm. Just increases in volume of those three notes will tell you something. But then at the end, you get that big emotional 10-minute fully orchestral climax, and it feels earned. And I yeah. felt that all the characters earned everything that they got in the final episode. It's just that the music didn't kind of complement that. And that's yeah, just the I, most I, utterly disappointing aspect of this show. The music the music didn't really have an arc that I could right. tell. You know, I mean, we just talked about E.T. starting where it did and ending where it yes. did. Signs starting where it did, ending where it did. But this, at least I didn't detect it upon first viewing. Um, maybe it, maybe there is some development, that go, but it's very hard to detect. Um, and so I feel that part. But And I would agree if they set that tone from the beginning. If they had a more musical tone uh, set from the beginning and they developed it from there, then you can have that kind of that just amazing finale with that kind of amazing finale music. But what they set up um, with the kind of music that they're using, I, I I didn't expect anything different. At you know, I just I I was I didn't have the same disappointments as you because at some point I don't know where in the, in the where in the show I just knew okay this is what it is. And it's just going to be more of this. And so it didn't disappoint me. It was just kind of like, okay, could have been better, but it wasn't disappointing because I knew what it was. Yeah, I was, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was still into the show, but it just, I mean, you said earlier that you were concentrating on the music at points and going, yeah. that's that's all, you know, is that really it? And and yeah. that, that I feel is wrong. When the music is starting to distract that way. Um, oh, it is then, wrong. But again, us being in, in the minority and where we deconstruct this sort of stuff again the fans most fans out there don't they didn't really mind it they loved it they loved the feel and good on them um sure. but i just felt that for the entire package to come together i mean i don't even think that they nailed the tone either i don't think there it just it just didn't function properly as the tone of the show, yeah, or the tone I, I, they, of the they music. got the, the 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 music again over the uh, the the main title. I think fit, but there's just so many things that they missed on oh, some of the horror elements that they, they got. But then there were some real kind of tender moments. There was a moment um, I can't remember what the scene was, but I, I'm I'm sure it was when I think the the sheriff or the chief or the cop or whatever came over and visited Mike's mom. And they had a bit of a bonding session. Um, it wasn't romantic, but there was some strange, there was some really strange sounds that was coming out of that scene. And I'm just like, Stranger even things. my wife was like, what is, what are those sounds? They sound like, like farts. And I'm like, I know it just, it, it's the wrong. I don't remember that, it was but like, I wish I But had. it was like the wrong, it was like the wrong synth patch or something. It's like, are you, that's what you're using in this scene? It just seems like they didn't understand how to write 
music for a movie or a TV show. And I, so not the t- not the tone of the show, the tone of the music in the, the show. The tone of the music, yeah, but didn't fit the tone of certain scenes. Most of the scenes, again, yeah. the, the horror music, and I'm pretty sure there were a couple of, of like the the Horn of Doom Brams in there as well. I, I'm pretty sure. Well, well. I'm pretty sure, and I again, I could okay. be misremembering, but um, but I, I'm right. pretty sure there was there were these low kind of synth horns, and I'm like, wow, you you cannot you cannot do that in this. You cannot do that in the <laughs> show. So it just felt empty. It felt so empty emo- emotionally for me, and that's it's so. And I just hate harping on it, but I'm just trying to think of what someone like Bear McCreary would have done. Um, mm. I think he mm-hmm. would have been. That'd have been interesting. I think he would have been my first choice, and 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 just if you go to Bear McCreary's website, look at his web docs, and and just look at the thought and the process, and and how he goes about scoring any one of the numerous television shows or movies that he does. He just gets it, and he does try weird, new, and unique things, but I think he just. He probably could have done a synth score, but just done something that made an impact and I think would have elevated this show up just a little bit more. And I yeah. think every, everyone, everyone would have loved it. I, I think it's interesting because, you know, we talked about this too before too. Uh, it's our old man discussion, but, you know, a lot of the of these of the audience has not had the experience um that some of the us older folks have had right we talked about that several times and so you know that we see the show as man the show is so good but it could have been so much better had it had a better score now for them they they're looking at it through what they know and what they've experienced it's like no this was fine it was great just the way just the way it is it's great and they don't have the contrast. They don't have anything to contrast with it. Um, I, I think, I think it could have been made better, um, but maybe I don't think it would it would have been made as much better as you feel it would have been made with a different score. Um, uh, I don't know what percentage I would put on it, but I, I think I feel a, l- a little bit downgraded in terms of the amount of difference it would have made a difference for sure especially it would have been nice to have a little bit of thematic material or something uh to identify you know with 11 or with you know uh joyce the mom i mean Mm -hmm. such fantastic performances i mean winona Ryder. i mean if she doesn't get an emmy nom for that she was i mean like this lady has lost her freaking mind and she was so good at it so convincing and then this girl, this eleven, she's amazing, yep. an amazing actress. I mean, so to have just a little motivic something to you know, oh that little that little ostinato, that's Joyce's crazy ostinato, you know, or, or that's eleven's, you know, I'm about to blow your mind up uh, motif, you know, it would have been great to have something like that. Uh, but overall, I thought the show was was very effective, even if the score had been less. And less distracting would have been better. Even if it was more just that sound papery thing, it would have been less distracting to me. And even that, as much as I don't like those scores as a listening experience, I think might have made things more effective by not being distracting. Um, but 
hopefully we'll get a season two. I don't know if it's going to be anthology like and where it's just like a whole new story about a whole new thing or if it's going to be I guess they they left the door wide open for to continue the series. I mean, with this story. Yes. So 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 hopefully we'll we'll get that. Uh, I just want to see more of Eleven. I don't really care about the other kid who got <laughs> rescued. I just think she's the most interesting. She was the most interesting part. She was to fantastic. Me. I was just like, what the heck? What is her story? Yeah. What? How? How is she doing these things? So I want to see that. Um, her. She got the best line I think of the entire series when uh, I think it was one of the middle episodes where uh, the science teacher asks where she's from, and she says a bad place. Is that what she yeah. said? She says oh, it and it's just, oh, that. hey, little girl, where are you from? She's like, a bad place. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> the lines, the, 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 the script writing, the, the dialogue, the kids, the acting, everything, except the music, was brilliant. Absolutely. Now how did you brilliant. feel about Super 8? Um, su- uh, Super 8 um, got the tone of the Hero Kids movie spot on, but I don't the the issue was that they the monster made no sense the ending made no sense they that that felt incredibly forced whereas with mm. stranger things everything felt earned everything felt right um they were ticking off all the all the boxes and it didn't seem uh shameful uh Musically, do you think Super Eight? I like. I, I think I, I like Super Eight. Uh, I like the score. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I really wish there was a concert work of the uh, "We'll Fix It" post haste uh, theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that little little ditty because it's only it's like under a minute. Um, mm-hmm. I, the the finale felt a, a little overly simplistic for me, but that's still kind kind of big and huge and, and very ET like. Again, the the scene that it 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 played over top of it didn't really work for me. I didn't feel that. Right. So it's quite, it's quite interesting. I, I enjoyed the score. Didn't really feel the, the movie where mm-hmm. even though we had great uh, performances by the, the, the kids in, in the film and they, and they got the, the feel right. But I felt yeah. that with stranger things, it was completely the opposite. They just absolutely nailed it perfectly as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a, just a perfect nostalgic trip for these, for these type of movies. But just the score, I mean, if you had super eight score in this, I think maybe it would have been perfect. You see, I think Super 8 is was a little too much. It was a little bit too on the nose. Um, a little too sentimental. Uh, and maybe it's because the movie yeah. didn't earn that yes. from from me as like an E.T. earned it. Yes. I mean, you, you couldn't go too over the top in E.T. because it earned it. But it didn't earn that ending. No. Um, I didn't have that kind of connection to those kids or to that family. So it was just, it was a little too on the, emotionally on the nose. And so that kind of lost me. Um, so that's why I brought that up specifically because I thought, I said, overall, I enjoyed that film, Super 8, yeah. uh, except, the, except the very, very end. Um, mm-hmm. I loved the nostalgic trip of it. Um, and, and so taking, you know, Giacchino's much more Giacchino's more traditional approach in score, adding it to that film versus what they did here. Mm. It's an interesting contrast. Yes, so, um, but we'll get another shot, another season. We'll see if they maintain uh, the composers. I think they will. Who knows if they had some pre-existing relationship? I had never heard of the Duff Duffer Brothers before. I had never heard of Survive. Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein never heard of these guys, so maybe they had some pre-existing relationship that brought them together. I don't know. No, I, I think I think the Duffer. Uh, I think they just liked their music, so they reached out. 
And the guy said, okay. of course, we're going to do it. That's And, that's and I can see was. why you would. I mean, you're like, hey, it's an 80s film. Yeah. We kind of want a John carpenter kind of deal. Yeah. You know, write the music. I, I can see from just a rational standpoint of why you would make these decisions. Yeah, I mean, they were going they were going synth no matter what. Even though they mm-hmm. the, the article that I have in front of me right now from uh, IGN, even though they had a, a very Spielberg-like uh, show, they wanted... Uh, John Carpenter um, esque uh, music. They are huge fans of Cliff Martinez. Mm, then okay. again, they said what Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross were doing for David Fincher. They said they're really into that. And they said, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't a period show, we were getting more and more interested in synth. And even if it was set in modern day, I think mm. we would have done a synth score. So they were all about okay. synths and they just happened to be a fan of of the band and they, they reached out again. That, that just kind of goes to my theory of like, they didn't want to give any money to, to the score. And if they could have done, if they could do a, 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 an Atticus Ross, Trent Reznor type of approach to scoring, then I think that's what they were going for. I didn't think they mm, wanted to spend like too it. much time on the music. And if they could just needle drop, it was just going to be easier for them. Um, easier for them just to, to deal with the music. Yeah. Sounds like it. It sounds like that's what they were after. Well, I think that's going to wrap up uh, episode eight of Soundcast Stereo. We'd like to know what you think about Stranger Things, especially its score. Do you think the score worked in that series or did you have any problems with it? Did you have some moments where you were distracted? Were you expecting something bigger, grander, more orchestral? Um, Let us know. And you can do that in a myriad of ways. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter, at TrackSounds. Or on Facebook, where you might have found this post, uh, you can leave a comment right there in that post. Or you can send an email uh, to soundcast at tracksounds.com. As we pleaded last week, we have a SpeakPipe widget where you can leave a voicemail and you can verbalize your thoughts on Stranger Things. Did you like the series? Are you looking forward to more? Are you excited about the the fact that they're going to release a soundtrack? There's so many things you can reply back to us with, and there's so many ways you can do it. Uh, So that's how you can one way you can contact us. If you'd like to contact me directly, you can on Twitter at C. Coleman as well. Um, And then Eric has ways for you to contact him. Eric, how can they do that? Um, uh, Synsound Radio on Twitter, uh, CinematicSound at Yahoo.com email, and CinematicSound.net is the home of my weekly radio show. And you have a you had posted a link to one of your older episodes. Yes. Um, that, tell us about that one. Uh, that's a three-hour show that I did. I think it was 2011. Uh, it was called uh, Hero Kids. So it's uh, the best of uh, Hero Kids music, ranging from everything in the 80s to uh, more recent uh, fare, like City of Ember, Zathura, uh, Percy Jackson, and The Lightning Thief. But we also mm. uh, explore um, the Flight of the Navigator, NeverEnding Story, Explorers, and whatnot. So that's a three-hour show, it. yeah, it, and that was that was a lot of fun to do. That's a it's a fun listen too, honestly. Uh, I've listened back to that uh, that show just for the heck of it, and it's um it's fun to listen to that stuff. That's that that's a fun fun show. So we'll put the link to that show in our show notes if you want to check that out. I highly recommend you do. You get yourself a serious hero kid score education. So the next time when season two of Stranger Things comes out, you'll have something to compare um, genre 
wise and, and see what you think. Uh, so that's going to do it for episode eight. Thank you so much for listening and participating with us online as we talk these issues through. It's it's always a great time talking um, with you about this stuff. Uh, Eric, thank you for taking the time. It was another great episode. Um, so what do you want to tell the people to do? Just keep yourself balanced. Nobody, nob, nob. <laughs> okay, so that we can go with. <laughs>